Hello, my name's Rachel Silver. This podcast is all about blended families. I decided to make a podcast on blended families as four years ago, I met my now husband and he had three children. I was a single girl living alone and it was a huge shock to what I was used to. None of my friends were in my situation or could empathise with situations and scenarios I was facing and I really had no one to talk to about it. We read some books on step families as we didn't really know anyone in our situation and we decided to get help from Claire Asherson Bartram, a psychotherapist who is an expert in blended families. Claire was invaluable to us, helping navigate us through difficult situations and also how we dealt with the impact living in a blended family had on our relationship. Claire is with me today and will be contributing to the series, speaking to guests and advising them on their situations and how they can help navigate their blended family life better and talk to them about any issues or problems they face. Claire, welcome and thank you so much for taking part. You're welcome, thank you. So how did your interest in blended families begin? I left my first husband, with whom I had two children, after a very stormy marriage and of nine years. And then I met my second husband. He's now my husband, he wasn't then. And um, he had a son. So I had a son and a daughter and he had a son and I thought it would be fine. It never occurred to me that there would be problems around the children, but there were. It was very hard from the start. And the problems were his relationship with my kids and what I felt about the way he spoke to them sometimes or how I perceived that. My relationship with his son, who I was very shocked to find myself feeling that I didn't like him very much, that I was hostile. I didn't want to be. It was completely took me by surprise because it was not how I understood myself to be. Also, his relationship with my children's father, my ex-husband, all these things had their own difficulties. And I I actually got quite depressed about it and went to talk to the doctor. Anyway, then I started my psychotherapy training. And at that time, there was an organisation called the National Step Family Association, which no longer exists. It amalgamated to become a larger parenting organisation called, at one point, Parentline Plus, and then maybe Family Matters. I'm not sure what's happened to it. But at the time... It was National Step Family Association and they had a telephone counselling helpline and they wrote round looking for people who would like to be on their telephone counselling helpline and I thought that I would. So I did the training and did that work, which was sort of home-based and it's so, so people could phone up, say, between 6 and 10 and talk to a counsellor for up to an hour. And I discovered that There were hundreds of people around the country who all found step families just as hard as I'd found it, and actually often even worse, but there was very little information about it. That organisation was um, putting out leaflets and had some, you know, had the helpline and was promoting the situation, but there wasn't a lot, and most people didn't know of it, and there was a lot of um, desperate need out there. That's how we ended up coming to you because I was in a similar situation trying to navigate a partner who had three kids and my role and, and how it would be and there were a few books out there and I've read the books and in fact you recommended books to me when we came and saw you but there isn't this huge support network or public network that sort of people can turn to like if your biological mum and there's 
plenty of forums or websites. And it's only sort of by sort of starting to speak to more people and finding someone saying, oh, I know someone who knows someone and and meeting up with them that I found myself able to say, okay, other people are in the same sort of situation. And the more Mm. you talk about it, the more you feel, oh, I'm not so isolated. And I may be the only person in my friendship group who is going through this, but there are plenty of other people. Mm. And it is it is challenging and difficult. And I, I suppose, what, what does your work mainly involve with step families? Actually, I, I tend to get, because I mainly work with individuals and couples, I don't usually work with a whole family. So I tend to get somebody who co- who comes to see me. Often they haven't been able to bring their partner because not everybody wants to come to see a counsellor. And very often stepmothers who are very upset about the situation they find themselves in. Or people like you who came with your husband and before you were married, you came to talk it through with me and I get a few people in in a similar situation as well. But I've started to realise that I get a lot of stepmothers who are very, very upset and who are finding it very hard. Yeah, I definitely think that I was the one to drive coming to see you because you are in this unique situation where, well, I was, where I sort of inherited these three children and we were all living together and how did we best navigate our way through that? Mm. They had rules from their mum and that they had when they lived with their dad, but maybe I wasn't used to that, to just sort of all, if you like, blending together. And I definitely feel like, for me, it was amazing to come and be able to talk to you and also have my partner there and for him to hear what I was feeling, but also similarly for me to feel how he was feeling because I think it's really hard for the partner as well. They're trying to make their children happy and they may have guilt over the divorce or whatever's happened and why they've separated from the biological mother, but they want you to blend in and you know I think it's seeing it from everyone's perspective and in the moment you can't always do that. No definitely not. I also think that um, when I was introducing what I did I didn't say that um, an extension of my interest in step families was that I ran a few groups and workshops for it and then eventually I did a psychotherapy doctorate which focused on mothers in step families. And in that, I began to really think about what it means to be a biological mother, but also to be a stepmother or a non-biological mother and what the differences are. Now, I'm not quite answering your question, but there's something about how when you come together, the children already have a mother. They don't want another mother. You probably, most stepmothers, choose the man, not the children, but the children come with them. They're they're a package. And in fact, it's not just the children. It's the children and the history and the ex. And all of this has a sort of momentum and history that the person coming in is not part of. And so they find themselves very much on the outside. And the momentum involves arrangements, familiar patterns, as you've talked about, rules, ways of being, and also a very particular sort of parental love that involves actually feeling quite viscerally attached to your children, which most people who are not the parents of the children do not feel. They may like them, they may even love them, but they don't have this sort of 
almost like an umbilical cord that goes out from the children into you so that you're much more tolerant than you would be of anybody else in the whole world. But they're bringing in somebody who doesn't feel like that. And then that is hard between the parent and the step-parent. Yeah, definitely. I always remember one piece of advice that you gave me was never discipline the children because they're not your children. And if their father or mother disciplines them, they can make up two minutes later and have a cuddle, whereas you will be left feeling upset probably for the rest of the night and that you've had a fight and they may not forgive you, you may not forgive them, and that it's much better to talk to your partner in private about the situation and what happened and what you do differently. Mm. And obviously in the moment, that doesn't always happen, but it's just things like that I think are so important because... Mm that takes into consideration the partner's point of view and also the children's point of view as as well as your own. And I definitely saw in my own relationship, if there were any heated moments or arguments, my partner had a natural tendency, obviously, to protect his children. And in the end, that makes you feel even more isolated. So it's all these different dynamics and factors to think about that you're just suddenly thrown into, that if it was your own children, you probably wouldn't have. You wouldn't have those. Yeah. We must never forget that all families can be quite tricky yeah, at times. Yeah, people remind me of that. <laughs> They're like, I, I find my children difficult too, or I've had to tell them off and feel guilty too. But, but that is actually something that comes from some research, or it doesn't come from it, but there was research that showed in New Zealand, I think, someone called Claire Cartwright asked children what worked best for them in a step and they all all said they didn't like the step parent to discipline them and it was found that where the step parent did do that actually it was bad for the children and their parents relationship that's really interesting so their relationship wasn't so good things were difficult in that if the step parent was coming in too strongly because they felt abandoned i think yeah Yeah, I can imagine that. So what sort of advice would you give a a couple who have got together and there's children involved in terms of discipline or...? I think that many situations are different, but I think don't make any changes suddenly. You have to, as the step-parent, earn your place. So before you've earned your place, you do actually have to step back. So... My advice is for the couple, not just the, you know, because nobody in a couple is on their own. You're part of the whole network. You need to really strengthen your ability to talk together. And you need to be able to hear from each other and be prepared to hear things that you might find difficult. And that is true for both the parent and the step parent. Because everybody in the family, is in a difficult situation. The step-parent has this situation of being outside and not having the history and perhaps not being wanted by the children, for sure. The children have the situation of having to share their parent with this other person who they don't know. Why should they want anything to do with them? And also, many children sort of imagine that if this person wasn't here, mum and dad would be back together again. So that does not 
easily lend to good relationships because they feel like you've come in and you've taken my dad. And for the parent, where they will find themselves is caught between the new partner, step-parent, and their children, sort of like split down the middle. And it can feel to them like the step-parent has become like another child, just making demands on them, just another needy person who wants something from them, which is a very painful situation to be in. So you mentioned the mother of the children, the person outside. Ideally, and in the most positive step-family situations, that person is very mature, accepting of the new partner, and is willing to talk with their ex, with the partner, and to for them to come to arrangements and things together. But very, very often this is not the case. Um, relationships often break down with hostility, with, um, you know, not well. And then there is already anger between both parents who are now living in different places with children who may move between them both. But even that can have a level of stability when it's just them. But once the step-parent comes in, the step-parent wants to be considered. The ex probably has no, in, the, in such a situation, probably has no desire to consider the new person. So I think that it needs to be understood by the parent that they need to consider the step-parent and they need to find in themselves enough to be able to bring that to their ex-partner. It, it's often very hard because often, I mean, we're talking of a situation of a stepmother, a father and the an ex. It could be something yeah. else. But often, you know, the fear is that the mother the biological mother is going to turn the children against the father. So that makes them feel very helpless and a bit enslaved to their ex-partner, which, of course, is very difficult for the step-parent. Yeah, so many different emotions and people to navigate. Yes. And and things to think about. I remember um, coming to you and we sort of sat with a load of pebbles and mm. you said, where do you think you are with your partner and the children and where is his ex-wife and her partner and their family and your family? And I saw it for the first time as the bigger picture mm. and that it wasn't this small little unit. It was it was so huge. And I think it's just the ripple effect that it has on, mm. on everyone. And I, mm. I, I definitely agree that if a relationship's broken down, in a lot of instances, you never speak to that person again. Mm. And when you have children with them, they're in your life forever. Well, in, in, in a mm -hmm. lot of situations, or sometimes not. And it is really hard to then build into that co-parenting, holidays, division of childcare, when the relationship isn't so good. I mean, mm. what advice would you give people to try and build a better relationship with their ex-partner? I, I always think that people have to find a way to talk to each other. It's, it's a really difficult question because the situations aren't usually where you can bring everybody together. In those situations where you can, because I, I realise that I want to say that it is possible for a step family to be completely fine 
or, you know, as fine as any family. And that is when everybody can accept the other person's place in the family. It's like everybody has to have a place. And then the step family looks like a sort of tribe, like a modern extended family, if you like, with um, the children being the ones who connect everybody. And there are situations that I've come across where the whole step family will be at a Christmas together. And the children are friends with their stepbrothers and sisters and they all go on holidays together and the parents and exes and everybody are fine. Yeah. And those and they do exist. And of course, I don't see so many of those because I get people come to my door who are having difficulties. But I need to say this because I think this is the potential. It's almost like this is the family of the future. It's very different from what we used to call nuclear families. You know, step family is not a nuclear family. So I think, coming back to your question, if we're thinking of the step unit, which is like the father, the stepmother, the children who come sometimes, there is a job for the father to talk to the ex and insist that the step person, step mother is included. I say step person, actually it could happen in a same-sex relationship. Yeah. But the person who would seem to be on the outside is included, that they absolutely make clear that they are, but also that they probably need to somehow reassure their ex that this is not about taking the children away. Because I do think that one of the difficulties for a mother outside those situations is the fear of this other woman having an influence on their children, a woman she didn't want there anyway, who's now with their partner. There needs to be some I think empathy on all sides yeah. towards this ex. Yeah, and, and that I, can be quite difficult, you know, when you're actually f experiencing them as just being thoughtless. But Yeah, I think also for a mother or a father, when you are only seeing your children, whatever the custody arrangement is, whether it's every other week or half a week or, or whatever, that you sort of aren't in their life that other time and you don't really have control over what they're doing with their parents and maybe their new stepmom or stepdad mm. and I think that is also very hard that mm. you kind of have to let go a lot yeah I mean none of these things that you actually have to do are bad for you <laughs> and I've got an organization a small organization called step in ASAP and we came up with this idea that step family situations challenge, you know, they bring out the worst in people. You feel people feel competitive, hateful, left out, angry, abandoned. I don't know, all sorts of difficult feelings that. Um, so the worst of you is sort of stimulated. Yeah, evoked. it brings out the worst in you rather than It brings than the out best, the worst yeah. in you. But actually what you've got to do to make it work is to find the best in you. So you have to find a way to overcome yourself, to develop, to grow, to be generous, I think, and empathic and open, which is not, sounds lovely, but isn't always easy. And it's especially not easy when, as happens to most people in a step family, your buttons are completely triggered again and again. Yeah, I, com mm. I mean, I completely agree with that. You can get an email saying one thing about a childcare arrangement and you've made another arrangement mm. and and instead of sort of amicably sorting it out or finding a compromise, egos get in the way and this is more important and before you know it, something that may seem so small can be blown out of all proportions. Mm. 
I think one thing for me has really been able to learn that dealing with children is fluid and you may make arrangement, but it will change and mm. times will change and arrangements will change. And that would be the same if they were your own children and they mm. were being dropped off late or picked up late. But because of all the emotions behind it, it can be made so much bigger. So I think it's really important to sort of go back to what you're saying and try and have that empathy and perspective. But in the heat of the moment, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen. And I do think that if you can be clear about arrangements, it's helpful for everybody. And that isn't even always possible. Like things are out of control. But if you can... That is good. And I also think for the children, I mean, we've spoken to the children quite a lot about arrangements and they say they really don't like it when the routine's changed. Mm. They like their routine. They know how it should be, when things Mm. are going to happen, where they're going on what nights. And then if things are swapped around, which inevitably they are because you need to help the ex out or they need to help you out and and that's just life. But Mm. in general... The children prefer it too, I think. Yeah, they like predictability. Yeah, yeah. And what sort of experience or do you see a lot of stepchildren coming to you and talking to you about the dynamics or their relationship with their stepmom, stepdad or biological parent? You know, not very much. I mean, people come with other things and then you find out that they had a step-parent. Quite often, that relationship has been good, eventually. Well, they've had a difficult time because I, I think there really is something about time. If, the, if your relationship survives, then slowly you do earn, I say earn your place, but you become part of the family just from having been around. You're around, you become part of it all. And you'd never have quite the same relationship as a biological parent, but you were there. And then as the children grow up, that's almost a easier relationship than a parental relationship because you haven't quite got the enmeshment that a parent has done. So a good step-parent, I think, is like a mentor or I think of a good aunt or uncle or somebody that um, children can maybe talk to more easily than they can to a parent because there isn't the emotional reaction going on in the same way. So it's it can be a very, very positive relationship. Yeah, I mean, in America, I've heard the term a lot, bonus parents or yes. bonus mum. And if you start thinking of it in that way, it kind of puts a much more positive spin on it. Yes. There's well, some... I think it is like bonus yeah. when it's working well. Yeah. Plus bonus siblings. You yeah, know, exactly, of... exactly. There is a sort of flexibility and fluidity in a step family where also everybody has had to go through something and overcome it in different ways that actually is, I think, really supports people to be sort of open. And you've, had, you've all had to survive grief, loss, disappointment, things not being quite like the way you want them to be and come through to something. What do you sort of say to couples to best sort of deal with acrimonious exes or, or situations or problems with the children? Actually, every situation is very different. So I think that advice I would give is to give it time to know that. I think I think that if the person outside is very acrimonious, you need to not become... And it, it could be very easy then for you and your partner to become like this sort of couple against this difficult outsider 
you know, like embattled. Mm. I do think that when it's very hostile and very acrimonious, that makes it very difficult for the new family. So it depends on degrees. But in a lot of cases, people are hostile outside, but actually with time, they start to accept and they get used to it and really need to give it time and tolerance. I think ideally, if you can somehow manage to get a conversation with the three of you, probably with support, that can be very good. People are resistant to therapy, but it doesn't have to be therapy as such. It's more somebody to help you talk to each other somebody to help you understand. But somebody, it, it's what's hard is that someone who's feeling very hurt and angry and bereft can be a bit of a loose cannon, sort of wanting to um, be vindictive, not really be helpful and not really think about the children. And you can't just make somebody do that. It can take time. And, um, and what know. would you say to partners who come to you who say... I don't really feel that my new partner likes my children, gets on with them, Mm. is bonding with them. I mean, what Mm. sort of steps or measures could they take to improve that? Well, I think the first thing they could do is that they could... You see, that that is difficult and sort of quite difficult. I think they need to talk. Mm -hmm. I think one of the... When I'm thinking of the difficult conversations that are hard to hear is that you might need to hear, as a parent that your new partner does not feel the same towards your children as you do. They just don't. It doesn't mean actually that they hate them, but they don't. And as a parent, there is a natural tendency to be protective. So this is one of the very strong and very common things that happen. I think that they need to start to hear what it's like for the step-parent. And I think the step-parent needs to start to hear what it's like for the parent. And I think one of the things that is quite important to understand is that as far as the step-parent and the children are concerned, you're a bit like another, not that you are a child, but the step-parent is a bit like an, an older brother or sister coming into the house suddenly who has the same parent. Because what you all want, what the children want, what the step-parent wants is a loving attention from the same person. So that can set them up to feel very competitive, like brothers and sisters. So the sort of stuff that goes on between a step-parent and stepchildren can be quite sibling-like, really. And siblings actually can be quite nasty to each other. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they can love each other and not. So I think there's something about really understanding, perhaps just to say that these things are not weird. They're yeah. actually quite normal that it's not that if you can start to listen to each other and bear tolerate what the other has to say this is not doesn't have to be a row between the two of you it's not that one is right and the other isn't right it's just that you have such a different relationship and you can't expect anybody to automatically come in and have a great relationship with children that they've only just met who've actually grown up with other people, don't know you and find you, you know, difficult to be there. If children find you difficult, you are bound to find them difficult because they're not going to be being very nice to you. Yeah. And the parent might not see that. Yeah. You know, so these things, I think I'd always encourage people to talk and to really practice known ways 
of talking to each other that help. For example, that you speak one at a time, that you make sure that you've properly understood what the other has said before you speak. And these things are quite hard to do, even with someone helping you. So it's best to play back what that your partner has yes, said to, to you. Yes, to actually say, I've heard you say that you find it really hard when you see me with the children and you feel like I'm being cross with them and not very tolerant. You find that painful mm-hmm. and you want to protect them from me. And they say, yes. And then you say, I find it really difficult when I want to be next to you and your little girl comes and sits next to you or on your lap and then I can't come and be with you. And then I feel angry with her. And the other one has to say, I hear you say you find that difficult. So this really slows things down. It's very difficult because when we're feeling upset or when somebody says something we don't like, we tend to speed up and, you know, try and get in there and say, but I felt like this and but I thought that, you know. I think if your relationship is good, you have a trust that in the goodness of your partner and that can really help. You know that your partner is not doing whatever they're doing to be horrible to you. And that goes back to, I think, knowing the right time to introduce your new partner to the children and not doing it too soon, making sure that you want them to be around and sort of preparing the children in advance that you've met someone and a bit Mm. about them and talking about them and also talking to your new partner about your children so that when they finally meet them, they actually know about them yes and just be really considered and not sort of rush into it is is really important i agree because you're doing the you're setting the way to the best that you can you know to have your part of the family that works you're not it's not the same as a biological family because you're just one bit you described it earlier i always think it looks a bit like you know if you see atoms joined to other atoms to join you know each parent is like a hub with the children and that parent that hub might have another person that they're connected to or they might not you know like I don't know molecules of different connections don't they yeah so I think it looks a bit like that I think yeah and I think I mean I read the other day that something like one in three families are now step or blended families and I know that there's the last census was done sort of back in 2011 and and the data is very old on it but what we can sort of know is that step families are becoming more and more prevalent and there's many more out there so many Mm. people are facing these kind of challenges and difficulties. Well there's more than the census says because there is a difficulty with language a lot of people who are in situations where they are almost living with other children or they're in a relationship with someone who has children, do not think of themselves as a step family. And we haven't got a proper name for it. You know, people say my boyfriend, kids, or something like that. We don't have words to describe it. In the, the census itself didn't measure all the households because something about children only measured once. So Somebody might say they're a step family, but the other part of that family might just be, as far as the census is concerned, just a couple because the children are moving between. Mm -hmm. So in a way, with these new families, all our old systems of measuring are not accurate. 
There might be a single person who has children, who has various partners come in and out of their lives. That also happens. They're not exactly a step family, but these situations are still there. It's mm. the same thing. So we don't really know no. the, the numbers. We don't know the numbers. Also, you know, same-sex partners have children. And so they are always in the situation where one is biological and the other isn't. And yes, we, it, it, we, don't, we really don't know. And it has been suggested that it's as much as one in three. Let's say don't have a traditional family format. I don't know whether you'd call them a step family, but they're not a straightforward, straightforward, you know, all the language sort of veers towards, you know, two parents and their kids. But it might be one in three families that don't look like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think in in most cases, people say step family or step parent, but the ultimate aim would be that everyone gets on and everyone is happy and relationships do break down and children are often um, involved and it's about sort of trying to navigate your way through the next chapter. Yes, I would say that everybody needs to have their place. That One of the books I recommended to you was called Becoming a Step Family by Patricia Papanow and that's a great book because what she describes is the family coming together as over time in stages she calls it as a process so that there's a beginning time and then there's a middle time and then there's and and that and that typically takes 5 to 7 years it doesn't happen very fast that's something for people to know because i think many people have big expectations of themselves quite quickly but it would be rare for it to take say 2 years which is possible but very very rare and i think that would probably involve people from the very start being very accepting yeah I think when I read that and you told me that it was a real revelation for me because Mm. in a way I stopped being so hard on myself Mm. and was like look we're only a year in we're only two years in etc and it could take seven years to Mm. sort of everyone blend better Mm. and Mm. get used to this situation and that's okay Mm. and to stop being so hard on yourself Mm. I think you go into these things well I went in very naive that it was all going to be fine and Mm. all okay but life isn't like that and things Mm. happen and you're faced daily with different dilemmas and challenges and learning how best to navigate that is a journey Mm. and I, I do hope that this podcast you know gives people help and support because I definitely found it very hard and still find things hard Mm. like probably any parent with their own biological children find hard navigating through different days and challenges and discipline etc and I just hope that through this series it raises awareness of blended families and helps people in them, whether you're a stepmom, a stepdad, a biological parent, a child in that family, a partner. And it just means that people can hear from other people and think they're going through it too. So that's where we are today. And thank you, Claire, for being here. For more information about blended families, please see the show notes for this podcast and also Claire's details are on them. It also includes some of the books that we've talked about that you may also find helpful. 